Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you. As usual, Bridge MCP is in the house. My beautiful Bridge, great to see you here. Peggy Lopez, otra preciosa, great to see you here as well in the house. Brother E2247, welcome E2247. And Julie Henderson says, hello, all. Lee Grant is in the house. Lee Grant, my conservative brother, is in the house. Uh, AVQ is in the house with a lot of his stuff that he hasn't been given in a long time. We missed you, but you know what? It's great. Uh, Brit says, Egberto, I needed to show people how ridiculous and narcissistic this man is. A liar and desperate as well. His house is fallen. Not quick enough for me. Please show one at a time to read. Trump, a few hours ago, two parts. Part one, part two. Okay, let me go ahead and handle the first set of readings, and then I'll definitely come to that bridge. I haven't looked at them myself either. Anyway, Michael says, Egberto, put, got an image for you to put on the screen. YouTube 200 limits, Twitch 500 character limit. No choice but to either post the FB again or never post the intros again. And my suggestion to you, my brother, is remember, we are here to give and promote good messaging to our people. Sometimes we have to choose platforms we abhor, platforms we hate. In those times, we look for the better good. And the better good is to inform the people that we are listening to. And here we go. Job approval of SCADAS over time by political party. And that is astounding. And what has occurred over in... two? When, when was that? In 2022, July... Pretty, pretty, pretty bad by their own party, by Scottus, by Scottus, by the Supreme Court, that is. That is pretty, pretty bad. Again, I'll keep that on the screen as I read yourself the hill. The American public no longer believes in the Supreme Court is impartial because it isn't. Never in recent history, perhaps, have so many Americans viewed the Supreme Court as fundamentally partisan. Public approval of the nine justice panels stands near historic lows. Decline in faith in the institution seems rooted in growing concern that the high court is deciding cases on politics rather than law. We are supposed to be a nation that goes by the concept of consent of the governed, for which the Supreme Court no longer applies. There's no point in maintaining a court that has been packed by partisans. We have 13 circuit courts. Uh, might be time that we have 13 Supreme Court justices, one from each court. There is nothing in the Constitution that mandates a nine-court judge. I agree. Unpack the court. Second one, Dawn, multi-million dollar payments from LIV Golf, reportedly 93% owned by MBS Control Fund to Trump Golf. Resorts raised serious questions about conflict of interest, threats of national security. On January 13, 2023, Elliot Peters, a name partner in Kieker, a prominent San Francisco law firm who is led counsel to the PGA in the present lawsuit, inadvertently revealed in a court proceeding that Saudi Arabia's sovereign public investment fund, PIF, owns 93% of LIV Gulf, pays off for all of its events, and holds all the entity's financial risk. PIF's chairman, is Saudi Arabia Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who has absolutely and final decision-making control over the fund. The information about LIV Golf was over, overwise, uh, otherwise kept sealed in the secret shareholder agreement between the PIF and LIV Golf, although LIV Golf had previously disclosed that the PIF was its majority shareholders. MDS is the chairman of the PIF and was absolutely absolute decision-making power over investments. There's little doubt that MBS controls the PIF, which as much absolute power is controls of the rest of the country with final decision-making on all PIF's investment. You know, that's Trump's people, man. 
Salon. Uh, what else we got here? Court proceeding reveals MBS paid Trump millions in the past two years. Human rights group Dawn calls for DOG probe after revelation that MBS owns nearly all of Trump partners. LIV. Guys, go read that one on your own. Second one here, Trump making trillions in millions in dark money, bribes barely concealed through business deals. These are breaches of the em emolument clause, ethics violation over conflicts of interest, and possible criminal charges for money laundering. Trump said drain the swamp, but Trump is a swamp. Let me tell you guys something, okay? We have to get cognizant of this. Trump's damage isn't what he did. Trump's damage is showing uh, politicians that Americans will tolerate it. One of the reasons we never became a banana republic was we never attempted to become a banana republic. We decided, and I hate using banana republic because I like bananas and I'm from one, but we failed to realize that the reason these politicians didn't do these very corrupt things outwardly as Trump did was that they believed people would react. What Trump did was test the waters. And they found out that people are so partisan now. People are so dislocated now. People are so preoccupied with so many other things. That guess what? They don't mind us operating like a banana republic. We have got to reinstill in America the values that we are a country governed by laws and a morality that others should attempt to look up to. Not that we are some super moral people, but we attempt to do so in our laws. That's the sadness. That's the insanity. NPR, U.S. hits in its debt limits today. I think everybody read that story. I'm not going to read that one because we are kind of short on time here. But you, you uh, read what, the, uh, what Brother Rodden has placed in there with the link that he put in there. Uh, Bridge MCP says, Egberto Willis, I need to put show people this, and I want to get that on the screen for you. So here we go. This is what he put on Truth Central. And let me get it on the screen. It says, page one, the fake news media and crooked Democrats, that's been proven, keep saying I had a large number of documents in order to make the Biden classified docs look less significant. When I was in the Oval Office or elsewhere and papers were distributed to groups of people and me, they would often be in a striped paper folder with classified or confidential or another word on them. When the session was over, they would collect the papers, but not the folders, and I saved hundreds of them. You see how the guy lies? He wants to say, oh, it's only the folders that said classified. The contents of it were not classified. I think they beg to differ because do remember that the, the people knew what documents were actually meet, uh, actually missing. Remember these were just, or second thing from Trump. Remember these were just ordinary. You know what? I may be able to show both of those at the same time. Let's see if I can do that. Uh, I can do something like this. And I can do something like uh, the first one. I can probably get it out and put it like this so that our uh, people can see both of them. All right. Let's, let, let's do it that way because I, I think people need to see page one and page two. Uh, let's go ahead and put page one up here. All right. And we'll go ahead and put page two down here. All right. Page two says, uh, scroll it down a bit so you get everything. Page two says, remember, these were just ordinary and expensive folders with various words uh, printed on them, but they were a cool keepsake. Perhaps the Gestapo took some of these empty folders when they raided Marlago. 
and counting them as documents, which they are not. It also is possible that Trump, he and Hayden Marxist thugs in change will plant documents while they're in possession of the material as president and based on the presidential records act and sock case. I did nothing wrong. Joe did. It's amazing. The thing about it, it's, it's so silly. People may actually believe it. People may actually believe this young man, this thug in chief. I don't think so. I don't think he stands a chance, Bridge. All right, continuing. Peggy Lopez is in the house. Welcome aboard. Uh, Bridge MCP is waving. Uh, what else we got here? Tom C is in. He says, welcome back, Michael R. Hope you're feeling well. He's feeling well. He's getting better. I know it. I feel it. All right, Lee Grant says, Antifa is just an idea, but watch out for the idea in Atlanta tonight. I will, but there's nothing there. I don't listen to anything the, some of these right-wing papers say, sir. Deborah Moyers is in the house. She says, hola, posse. Tom C. says, hi, Bridge MCP. Hope you're doing well. She's doing well. Hey, says, hypocritical people, punto final. No, they're not hypocritical at all. At all. All right. Uh, uh, Deborah Moyer says, Donald and his ilk are conflicts of interest. Yes, they are. Julie Henderson says, temperature, uh, uh, temperament, temper tantrum Trump had intent to make money using government when he secured the postal DC hotel, which is what he did. He did it. Voice is going. But he says, every normal news outlet is talking about the shooting. Only extreme sites speak of Antifa. Hmm. Exactly. Uh, Eric, a habitual offender. Not reading that one. Uh, let's see. AVQ says, Egberto, sorry I put two of the comments in the wrong order. That's okay. It's fine. I think everybody got it and we have your link, sir. E2247 says, we just hit the dead ceiling, which is what Michael Rudden posted earlier. If you could say, Egberto, yeah, that was skipped one of the two. My fault. No problem. Uh, E2247, Democracy Disneyland, Democratic House Committee. Assignments have to put true attack dogs on rules, oversight, ways and means, homeland security. They want an audience. That's why they're doing that. That's why they put these crazies on these committees. But it's going to come back and bite them. We all know that. Uh, let's see. Eric A says, I see current president and previous ones get rich and the bad orange one get poorer. Mm, really? I think you should reconsider that. The guy was never rich. He's always a ripoff. All right. The more worms we raise, the more likely we are to raise uh, up abolition of climate chaos against the clean water, nutritious food, adequate housing, education. Good one. All right, Julie Henderson says, will Rittenhouse enter politics in 2024? Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the Republicans like to run a whole lot of thugs. Don't ask me why. They Don't ask me why they do that. Maybe because there are no consequences and maybe... A lot of people realize the fa the, 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 how uh, terrible it is to be a Republican politician, maybe. I don't know. That could be the case. And I'm not being partisan there. I'm just being fact-based. All right. Egberto, morals are out. See the third line daily by current group taking advantage of us. Gaslighting morals and ethics. We're not gaslighting here. We only tell the unadulterated truth, sir. Uh, Brice says, thank you, Egberto. Maywood says, good afternoon, everyone. Caught me midway between a procedure. Wow. If you are here even between a procedure, I am honored. I am honored. Thank you for being here. All right. AVQ says, Egberto, put in this image on the screen together. If I can, I will. Oh, look at you did it for me. You're a good guy. 
I love Rodnin. I, I love all of you. But you see, when you guys help me out, like what Rodnin just did there, you make my day. It means that this is a collaboration. We work together to present a program that informs people. Brother Bruce Pollard is in the house. Hello, Bruce. Great to see you, my brother. Uh, let's see. What am I doing tomorrow? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, at, the sh at the program. What am I talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about tomorrow, but we have an environmental date, Brother Bruce. Let me know when you want to do your first one. Want to come in tomorrow? Let me know. All right. Let's continue. AVQ says Trump was a billionaire in his own books only. He was never really a billionaire. I agree. Peggy Lopez says dynamite. Find scientists discover more than 250 fossilized titanosaur eggs in India, suggesting dinosaurs nested together, just like modern birds. GOP driving us all into extinction. Yep. Melanie Keelan says getting in late. Good evening, everybody. And great to see you here, Melanie. It doesn't matter if you're late. It only matters that you're here. And you know, I just love you here. Please remember to share the program. All right. First one today is to ask you guys, do you know it turns out that uh, President-elect uh, 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 President Biden and, and his cohorts were actually preparing for a coup? They were pretty darn convinced that there was a good likelihood of it. Check this out. It turns out, a new book is out, uh, that the Biden administration, all as they were preparing for uh, the transition, they were assuming that there was a good likelihood of an attempted coup. So they had 70 different possibilities that they were going through without any American realizing how seriously they were taking this uh, in the background. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. You and you do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute, that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. <laughs> So Mahoma, that almost didn't happen. And if you listen carefully, underneath hell to the chief, you can almost hear it, right? The collective exhale, collective sigh of relief, because that transfer of power, unlike any other in modern American history, almost didn't happen, peacefully or otherwise. Just two weeks earlier, the disgraced, twice-impeached ex-president had incited a violent and deadly attack on the Capitol with the intent of disrupting an American tradition enshrined in the Constitution. It's a point of pride for those of us who live here in the United States of America, a tradition that is admired and envied the world over. At the heart of our republic is the guarantee of the peaceful transfer of power. Standing on the west front of the Capitol in 1981, President Ronald Reagan described it this way. The orderly transfer of authority as called for in the Constitution routinely takes place as it has for almost two centuries. And few of us stop to think how unique we really are. In the eyes of many in the world, this every four-year ceremony that we accept as normal is nothing less than a miracle. Every president in our history has defended this orderly transfer of authority, except one. 
except one. Now veteran reporter Chris Whipple is out with some incredible new reporting on the extreme steps the incoming Biden administration took behind the scenes to prepare for the possibility that Trump would attempt a military style coup in order to block the peaceful transfer of power. From that new book, quote, Biden's team anticipated obstruction, delays in getting personnel in place and a concerted effort to impede the transfer of power and much worse. They prepared for, quote, unconventional challenges of which there were too many to count, including this ominous possibility, quote, an increase in the level and intensity of social protesting and government response. According to Biden's transition chairman, that was the, quote, euphemism, euphemism, euphemism of the year. Government response was code for Trump sending troops into the streets, perhaps declaring martial law. No one in the Biden camp would say publicly that they feared Trump might stage a coup, but privately they were taking precautions. Is it something we were concerned about and thought about, had plans about? Absolutely. We had a bunch of smart people sitting around a table night and day saying, okay, what are the plans? One of the key questions was, what's going to happen with Trump and the military? You know, you're in trouble when doomsday planning for a possible military coup by the outgoing president ends up on your to-do list. Chris Whipple's new book, The Fight of His Life, Inside Joe Biden's White House, is out today. Take me through this book. Well, you began, it begins with the transition, the, the most fraught and most dangerous transition since the Civil War and the bloodiest, as it turned out. Um, it was absolutely ex- extraordinary. I talked to Bob Bauer, who was the legal counsel uh, for the transition. He's the one who described 70 different event- eventualities they were preparing for, in, including they stopped at 70 because that was that was all they could really deal with. Uh, but the most uh, dangerous of which would have been a military coup. But while all that was going on, Nicole, um, the really extraordinary thing was this untold story I came across of a Trump staffer, an obscure a deputy White House chief of staff, a New Zealander who used to work for Mitt Romney. He was in charge of his transition, wound up at the Trump White House. Um, he wasn't crazy about Trump, um, but he stayed until January 6th and beyond. And he was the guy who quietly kept the wheels of the transition turning in a kind of sub rosa operation under Trump's nose and without his knowledge. It's this extraordinary story. And he had people like Josh Bolton, the former uh, Bush uh, chief of staff and others talking to him as kind of a lifeline, talking him off the ledge, telling him you cannot quit because otherwise we won't have a transfer of power. I think that is a report that um, it, it should give everybody pause. And for those who are looking at those folks on the right that are supporting Donald Trump as patriots, this should be the nail in the coffin for anyone who is thinking about giving this guy another opportunity to hold power in this country. The reality is, as we've been saying for for a long time, this guy is a clear and present danger. You cannot give this guy access to the country again. You cannot make this guy have security clearance again or any additional security clearance or ability to hear all the things that this country is doing itself around the world. Because, again, this man is a clear and present danger and there's nothing patriotic about him. In fact, there's a good likelihood that for self-preservation and for his own sake, he will sell this country out so fast 
before he even takes office. Absolutely so. He would sell this country out so fast. It ain't funny. Anyhow, going back into the picture, I have to say I keep waiting for another coup is what uh, Moyers is saying. Lee Grant says, Rittenhouse was recently canceled by a Conroe, Texas brew pub. Yes, he was. And you know, I don't believe in the cancel culture, but in the case of Rittenhouse, he murdered two people. He got off because of white supremacy. He got off because they couldn't believe that they were going to convict this kid uh, for kidding two other people because those two other people were fighting for the rights of other people. I'm sorry, Brother Grant. And hey, Grant, Lee, uh, why don't you come and sit with me at, uh, I, look, you're retired, I think, right? Come and sit with me for an hour at KPFT tomorrow. Uh, I, I respond in the chat. Uh, come sit with me tomorrow uh, at, uh, in the studio with me. You know, not putting you on the spot or anything. Just come and see uh, see what we do. I'd love to have you in the studio tomorrow. Uh, so come on. We've been talking about going for coffee for too damn long in that meeting. So come on and let's let, let's go ahead and have some coffee in the studio, all right? I, I hope I can see you tomorrow. If you accept, I'll, I'll, I'll send you by direct message the address and how to get there, all that good stuff. It's very easy. It's right in near um, 59 and 288. Uh, anyhow, uh, but I'd love to be with you for some time, brother. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Benich says, they post something absurd. We post something, show the truth or why. They ignore it. Take the blinker, the blinders off. The blinkers, blinders off. Okay? That's true. But here it is, Bridge. Understand a lot uh, humanity, and I know you do. People sometimes, when they are vested into what they believe, when I, when I had my isms, I was vested in that. And I had to find all, I, I had to ensure that all the possible reasons that could make me right were wrong to change. It's sad. It's sad that's how too often we work. I've taught myself now that it's easier to change my mind based on irrefutable facts, but it's not easy. It's not easy. So let's give some space. It's okay. Uh, let's see. Trump can barely order Mickey D's, and that is some, saying something. It's funny. He can't order. He doesn't even know how to use a phone properly. Come on now. He just knows how to use a flip phone, you know? But he says, Michael Rodden, tell Eric that I don't want Biden to announce whether he will run or not until the end of the year or start of next year. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I want Biden to run. And, um, but I think, let me tell you what my gut is telling me. I'm going to, I'll honest and don't repeat this to anybody, but here's what my gut tells me. My gut tells me if Biden thinks it's almost a sure thing that he could win. I don't think he really wants another four years. I think he wants to have the honor to do something a, a president has never done. And that is maybe to elevate a, and, 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 and understand where I'm coming from with this, elevate a black woman into the presidency 
for her to be competent in that presidency so that that ice is that glass ceiling is broken not just for one class of women but for all women and my gut tells me that this country is so resistant to electing females in higher offices like the presidency that he would love nothing better than to be the one after especially his past to show the country that that you know what we all progressives know women are damn good leaders in fact i would posit that in today's world women would make better leaders as ardin is showing in new zealand who she's now leaving but i think she's one of the better leaders in the country or the former leader of of uh, uh of um germany who was really the leader of the world when Trump was, you know, doing what Trump does. Uh, what's her name? I forgot the the former uh, the former prime minister of Germany, president of Germany. Forgot her name now. But anyhow, so that is my that is kind of my hunch. That is really my hunch. I am too ugly for on camera. I will keep the camera doesn't have to be on you, Lee. If you if you object to me putting you on camera, I can angle the camera where you are in the studio with me and your face is not on the camera. But I'd love to have you. I'm pushing you now. I'm pushing you. I'd love to have you in, in the studio, not just for you, but for me as well. Because I think, let me tell you what one of the reasons I want you in the studio, Lee Grant, and I'm telling the audience right here. I am a very liberal left-wing guy. And you are a very conservative guy. I won't call you right-wing, although you listen to too much right-wing news, in my opinion. But I like you. And you like me. We know that. And I think it's a good thing to show my audience, which is very progressive and a large percentage conservative, that this is what we want as a society. So you won't only be just coming there. You'll be coming there for a purpose. So please show up tomorrow if you can. Give me a call. Uh, Julie Henderson says, Rittenhouse judge was tainted. The case should be appealed. An underage, unlicensed minor killed two and injured three on a public street. Protected by Leo. Look, girl, I, you know, again, the guy's a killer. He's a killer. And once he was so young and got away with killing, it's going to make it easier for him to kill later on. And I guarantee you, he will kill again. E2247 says, Kevin McCarthy made backroom, uh, made backroom ceiling fight wasn't going to be a problem until summer. Once again, the faith and credit of our nation's currency is going to be put to the test because Republicans don't want to pay for what they already spent. And they remember, it's they who spent it. You think inflation is bad now? Wait until the default. What I think we should do is we should have, we should have the president come out and say right away, there will be no default. And we will use all mechanisms to ensure all bills are paid. And that, that also constitutionally, Congress does not have to create an increase in some false debt limit. We spent the money. We owe the money. There's no debt limit. The debt limit is what we owe. Period. Punto final. I think the president has in his power to do so. 
All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, before I go to the next video, uh, we have Julia says Biden is doing a great job. That should be should not force him to run again. Walking away with honor is highly underrated. And again, I I, I think you you heard what I said. Well, I, I'd love to see what others think about what I said there. Uh, if Biden does not run, Harris will a black woman. Oh Lord, a field day of races again. Harris could not win. This is my thought. I don't think Harris can win in 2024. I don't think Harris could win in 2024. But she could be the president in 2004. Uh, actually, what you'd want to do is have her be president in 2025, right? Uh, that's, what, that's what I think would be a good thing. All right. Uh, now it's not a time to panic. We have until this summer to lift the debt ceiling and to stave off the worst. I think we have to, We and you're right, E2247, it's not the time to panic right now, but I think Biden has to come out and say, whether they lift the debt ceiling or not, I have an alternative. Either they do their job or I will do mine. My job in the Constitution is to protect the, the, the United States of America from enemies internal and external. And I think an internal enemy is a Republican Party that refuses. Angela Merkel, thank you for reminding me. A, a, a Republican Party that refuses to elevate the country. All right. So I think that fulfills a constitutional duty. And I think the president has the right to do that, to prevent. It's a war. Declare a war on the, uh, the war on, on what they're doing and then solve the problem by taking the power to do so. And then they'll impeach him. But you know what? They'll impeach him, but it won't go through the Senate. All right. Eric Hayes says, need a silhouette. Don't know what that means. Julie Henderson says, wealthy evade Social Security and Medicare and unemployment. They profit off their debt. That is key. That is what happens all of the times, right? We, we have a national debt because we refuse to charge the right amount of taxes to the wealthy. Starting with, with Social Security, it ends at a hundred and something thousand dollars. And Medicare, of course, goes all the way up, though. Um, the three point something percent goes all the way. But we need to do that with Social Security as well. Uh, let's see. Bridget, no, I want to see Lee and his beard. But if he doesn't want to, I will honor his request. But I want him in the studio with me. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Eric K says defaulting on out of debt is the fastest path towards an American national bankruptcy, a loss of faith and credit. It's caused our currency to crash. Again, anybody who's hoping for that, they've got to be nuts. Uh, let's continue here. Uh, ABQ says pardon, typoed, and, <laughs> and can't delete the double. I hear you, brother. Don't, bother, don't worry about it. We know. Egberto, I've been a listener and supporter of KPFT for some 20 years. They just don't do ultra MAGA well. I don't work. It, it won't work. So come into the studio with me. I'll be waiting for you, Brother Grant. Come on into the studio with me. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Audio video good on Twitch. Great. Eric Hayes says, gaslighting on the debt just stop freaking spending. Oh, boy. You don't understand what the debt is. But, you know, I think I've explained that before. Deborah says, she hasn't been sufficiently visible. I think that is on purpose. Eric K says, uh, Tom C says, breaking news. Supreme Court says it cannot deter. I was going to tell you guys that I'm looking at it on the screen a couple of minutes ago. Supreme Court cannot determine who leaked the draft. Uh, Dobbs opinion. 97 people were interviewed, but report did not in, in, uh, indicate whether the Justice Department themselves were questioned. Look. 
the fact that they can't find a person who did it likely tells you it was done on the conservative side, okay? Which is what we thought all along. We thought that it was done on the conservative side all along. Judah says, government must include higher wages, $1 million, less $1 million to withholding. I think all wages should be included, yes. Bree says, Lee, that is why you should do it. You are well-spoken and get your point across. I agree with some things you say. We all do. Audio is good according to we. Let's see. Uh, so, Lee, we are going to be we are going to be hoping that you get in touch with me so that you can be in the studio with me tomorrow. I want you there. I really do. I really want you there. Um, you you are you are you are family, man. You are family. All right. Let's see what else we got here. I got another video. I've only shown one video. Oops, we're falling behind. All right. Here is the other video, and here we go. Um, it turns out that. Uh, let me see which one is this. This one is about West. You know, Republicans like to go across, Republican politicians, that is, as if they are the most patriotic people in the world. But they're not. And the reason they many have accepted that is that many progressives don't push back because, you know, we don't pray for people to see us praying. We just get things done. Right? So listen to West, and then we'll take it on the other side. Republican politicians are always talking about how patriotic they are, how much they care so much about life, how much they want to protect this country. Yet, when we we found out, as we've talked about yesterday, that most, if not all, of the voter fraud in the last several years have been perpetrated by whom, again, Republican politicians and MAGA voters. And we find out that if you if you take a look at those who serve, I mean, uh, they don't serve any more or provide any more patriotism than anybody else, but they speak a good game. That's why I was so happy to listen to Wes Moore, who just became the governor of uh, Maryland, what he had to say. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. During your campaign, you said that the idea of patriotism has been co-opted by Republicans. What do you mean when you say that, and how do you change it? You know, I, I love this country and I have fought for this country and I will keep on fighting for this country. And I know that I come from a family of patriots uh, where I come from a family of ministers and school teachers and, 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 and operating engineers and people who built this country with their hands. And I define patriotism uh, when I when I left my family and I deployed with the 82nd Airborne Division to Afghanistan wearing the uniform of this country. I am a patriot. I was raised by patriots and I refuse to let anyone lecture me about what it means to be a patriot, particularly when their definition of patriotism was helping to storm a capital on January 6th. And I think we need to be aggressive on this, that our country is worth fighting for. But fighting for your country does not mean hating half of the people in it. And when we talk about patriotism, it means an ability to be able to lift everyone up, to fight for each other, to believe in each other, to believe that our country is great because we are inclusive. And so I think it's incredibly important. We saw that in the state of Maryland where we ran on that and we saw overwhelmingly that Democrats, independents and Republicans and Republicans believed in our vision about what it means to be a patriot. And we will stand by that and continue to lead with that as our foundation. Westmore hits the nail on the head. Do not do not allow anyone to question your patriotism. Progressives who are trying to make lives 
better for each individual American, those are the patriots. Progressives who are trying to say, why are we spending so much money on a military budget to kill folks as opposed to enhancing, producing, helping folks be more productive? That's patriotism. Why are, aren't we giving health care to all Americans so that they would have a good life? That's patriotism. Patriotism isn't singing glory, glory, hallelujah, and just talking and wrapping oneself in a, in a flag or going and creating a coup because the person you had hoped would win didn't even come close to winning. Wes Moore fought for this country. Wes Moore uh, is believe in progressive governance of this country. If you want to know what a patriot looks like, that's whom you're looking at, Wes Moore. Absolutely so, absolutely so. Hey, Brother Lee Grant, I sent you a message. Check it out, man. Uh, over Facebook, that is. I, anyhow, um, next one. I have an, uh, another video on what I'm doing. I think I better get all these videos out now to you. This one here is an important one. It has to do with the court vacancies. Check it out. We'll then take it on the otro lado. As we all know, the Supreme Court has gone rogue. The Supreme Court no longer believes in precedence. The Supreme Court no longer believes in doing what's right. They are nothing more than an arm of the GOP, which means an arm to our plutocracy, an arm to all the negative things on the right and neoliberal beliefs that will garner all the support from the Supreme Court. But, you know, they can't handle all cases. There are a lot of cases that will be handled on by the lower courts and they will they, most of them will stand. So therefore, uh, the job of uh, Biden's, given that he has this, the full support of the Senate right now, is to fill all the vacancies with judges that follow the law. And that is what uh, Eddie Glaude uh, explains why it's so necessary right down the line for us to have a uh, the, the, our, the, not only the Supreme Court, which we, we don't have uh, right now, but to have all the appellate courts, etc., et completely filled every vacancy with people who truly believe in following the law and not are just there to support a failed plutocracy. Check out what Eddie had to say, and then we'll take it on the other side. Trying to do what they're doing with the judiciary is really, really important, and I hope the Democrats campaign on that. Eddie, the Supreme Court has reshaped our political rights, our civil rights, um, fund our individual rights, uh, certainly for women in this country. Um, they could reshape our entire political landscape uh, later this year with some of the, the decisions that are making their way. Is it important to do this when the Supreme Court yields this much power? I mean, is, is it kind of a moot point when you're talking about the Court of Appeals, when the Supreme Court is drastically affecting uh, and reshaping our society? Oh, absolutely. On a number of different levels. Right. And, and particularly given the fact that we see this assault uh, on voting rights uh, and we know that the John Lewis voting rights bill is not being will not be law become law. Uh, we need the courts as a kind of backstop in so many ways, right? And plus, we need to address the diversity of the court. When we see that 75% of the appointments of women, 68% of them 
are, are, are people of color, uh, 48 percent are women of color, 24 black women uh, on the courts. We see ideologically they're coming from from a variety of different backgrounds, professionally as well, from public defenders to voting rights lawyers. So this is really important as a kind of counter to what Trump uh, what Trump did during his time. So I think that's really important. And second, let's, let's, the second point, uh, Eamon, I think that's, that's what we need to really focus on is that the court has always played a role in this moment of backlash. When we think about the collapse of Reconstruction, what was the role of the Supreme Court? When we think about those moments when the nation really tried to imagine itself as a multiracial democracy, how the court grabbed a hold of those efforts and literally choked the life out of it. So it's really important for us to understand the role of the Supreme Court in this moment of crisis, in this whirlwind that we find ourselves, we have a gerrymandered house that's not working. We have an imperial presidency that worries us deeply. We have a broken Senate in so many ways, and we have a Supreme Court that is overreaching. This, in some ways, points us to the deep crisis we face as a democracy in the country. Exactly, exactly. Eddie nailed it. And it's incumbent on us to make sure to keep the pressure on the Senate. Get those darn judges into office as soon as possible. You never know what's going to happen in the Senate having so many octogenarians in there. So let's get busy. Let's get the job done. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to... All right, since we talk about the Supreme Court, I want to play you a little segment of the documentary where... um, that, that I, I mentioned to you guys called Legalized Democracy that we made with, uh, with uh, Move to Amend, I think, in 2013. I was one of the four executive producers on it. I want you to listen to this because it, this plays into the role as well. So check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Law and change culture. So how have the courts passed laws to shape our culture? That history goes way back before Citizens United. 1819, Dartmouth College versus Woodward, Supreme Court case, turned a corporate charter from a government-granted charter to a contract. This ruling gave corporations standing within the Constitution. 1886, Santa Clara County versus Southern Pacific Railroad. Though the court did not rule on corporate personhood, the decision was subsequently cited as a precedent to hold that a private corporation is entitled to the same 14th Amendment rights of due process and equal protection as human beings. This makes it impossible for us to make laws that treat local businesses any differently than giant multinational corporations, even if their business practices are deemed to be harmful to workers, the environment and communities, or if they have a history of violating the law. Hale versus Henkel, 1906. The court granted corporations the Fourth Amendment search and seizure protection. Dodge versus Ford Motor Company, 1919. The Michigan Supreme Court says, The business corporation is organized and carried on primarily for the profit of the stockholders. Stockholder primacy is established. The purpose of the corporation, according to the court, is no longer to serve the public good as it had been. It is now to maximize profit for shareholders above all else. Pennsylvania Coal Company versus Mahon, 1922. Corporations get the Fifth Amendment takings clause, meaning if you pass a regulation that impacts a corporation's ability to make a profit, that is deemed a taking, and they can sue for the right to future profits lost. 
This creates a chilling effect, and local and state governments become much more hesitant to pass laws in the public interest for fear that corporations can claim loss of potential profits that cities and states will be on the hook to pay. Buckley v. Vallejo, 1976. The Supreme Court rules that spending money to influence elections is protected under the First Amendment, in effect saying that money is speech. Citizens United versus the Federal Election Commission, 2010. Today, the Supreme Court of Chief Justice John Roberts declared that because of the alchemy of its 19th century predecessors in deciding that corporations had all the rights of people, any restrictions on how these corporate beings spend their money on political advertising are unconstitutional. The court's ruling threatens to undermine the integrity of elected institutions across the nation. It's a rejection of the common sense of the American people. Move to Amend is the only organization right now that is very clear on what needs to be done with respect to the constitutional amendment. Specifically, we declare or, or we want declared that corporations are not people. And we also want to declare that money is not speech. In every other organization, they're mostly concentrated on Citizens United, money is not speech. To that, we always have to ask a question. How much better was our politics pre-Citizens United? Not much better. And the reason it wasn't better is that second portion was missing, corporate personhood. It is clear that this country is suffering from a crisis that is deeper than the economic crisis or the ecological crisis. We are suffering from a crisis of democracy. And I say that because there are super majorities on issue after issue, whether you're talking about health care, foreign policy, economic questions, education, or political reform that clearly support substantive reforms. Yet those reforms... All right, that is what I wanted to I wanted to show. I, I think it was apropos, given what uh, Bush, what what, uh, what he's trying to do right now. I'm talking about our um, talking about our president. I think it's so important. I think it is so important that we stop the infighting about ridiculous things, right? All of this stuff is orchestrated. And we've been talking about this back in 2013, 2010, actually, when we formed Coffee Party. We've been talking about all these issues that's been orchestrated to fool most of the people that's listening right now. And it was a continuum, a continuum of laws over laws over laws with the constitu- with them changing the meaning Via the, 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 via the Supreme Court and based on something else that I've played many times here before and that is democracy and the, the uh, three parts of government the co-equal branches of government it ain't true people realize that if we got too democratic we would need a strong Supreme Court so that the plutocracy could remain in power it is so important for us to understand these concepts. And I hope ultimately we do. I got, 
another uh, video here to show. I think it's the last one. And this one has to do with Southwest. And believe it or not, even though it doesn't seem to, uh, to be apropos here, uh, I think later I'll, I can make the claim. Check this out. Seems like Southwest Airlines, the pilots may decide to strike. We don't know for sure yet. But what is interesting, folks, is we always talk about the efficiency of the private sector. We always talk about it as if they allow the market to dictate the good things that they're going to do to ensure best services to people. The reality is whether you're in the public sector or the private sector, if you have lousy managers, you get lousy results. If you have folks that don't care about the people, that's what you get. Now, if you have additionally a profit motive where people can get and can amass a ton of money, then where do you think all your money is going to go because of short-term thinking. Do you think the former CEO of these airlines care about what happens 10 years down the road? They don't care, but infrastructure takes a lot of time to develop and build. Well, guess what? If you take a look at what Southwest and many other airlines did over the years is when the government gave them money for, uh, uh, for COVID, they returned it not to the people or not to make their systems better, but in the aggregate, to their shareholders and their, their bonuses, etc. Here we have Southwest Airlines spent $5.6 billion on shareholder gifts in the years ahead of mass cancellation crisis. Southwest Airlines made a risky gamble that mass layoffs and spending billions of dollars on handouts to investors rather than fixing infrastructure would pay off with record credit, uh, credit profit, record profits. The airline lost that bet badly as travelers and airline workers reeled from mass flight cancellation. The, the private sector-driven Southwest Airlines took your money and instead of investing it to make a system that was worthwhile even in a crisis, they just gave it, all, gave it away like lollipops. Check out the article in, in, the, uh, the article in the Common Dreams. Southwest Airlines made a risky gamble that mass layoffs and spending billions of dollars on handouts to investors rather than fixing infrastructure would pay off with record profits, uh, Kyle Herrick, the president of Accountable US, said. The airline lost that bet. Southwest well-compensated executives could have prioritized its workers and customers by preparing for the worst. But greed trumped all as they put a small group of wealthy investors first. Eric added, consumers shouldn't be the ones stuck holding the bag for Southwest greed management decisions. But here we are. This is where the transportation department should start and get involved. I want you to listen to this little piece here, and then we'll take it on the other side. Southwest airline pilots plan to hold a vote on whether to give... Their union, the power to call a strike. The union has been in contract negotiations with the airlines for years now. Pilots are calling for better work rules and schedules. The strike vote is set for May 1st. If it passes, the strike would not happen immediately. It would first need clearance from the National Mediation Board. This airline has seen a lot of struggles lately. They sure have. It, it's Listen, it's complicated, right? Yeah. We have a labor shortage. We have unions that are saying we simply need better work conditions and we're living in 
a time where people are trying to get on planes and they want to have the cheapest flights that they can. Okay. Right. And so I get it that, you know, Pete Buttigieg is really putting a lot of pressure on these airline companies. But these are companies that only that have to rely on human capital. It's hard to say who's to blame, but it's difficult. To your point, uh, the CEO of United Airlines is warning there will be more disruptions for travelers. Scott Kirby says the industry is dealing with a shortage of pilots and workers, as well as outdated technology that cannot handle today's volume. He says airlines that are operating like it's still 2019 will continue to struggle. It's not going to be fun traveling no. in the next couple of months. But guess what? Sounds like we need to spend on infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We have the money to do it. Unfortunately, that takes time. Than the public sector, because given that they try to make a profit on everything, and I'm not against profit, I'm not against private companies, etc. What I'm against is about is is our companies that are necessary and that pilfers us, making sure that their shareholders make a lot of money, their executives make a lot of money, and we're left holding the bags. Ask how many people who had Southwest tickets who are never going to be made whole, and you know why? Yes, you do. You know what? It's important, but I want to address something that Brother Mike Cisak has to say. He says, direct democracy equal mob control or more like two wolves and one sheep voting on what's for dinner. That is what the right wing, when they are keep, when they're standing up for undemocratic principles, that is what they want their people to believe. But it's the biggest thing's fallacy that there is. Here's the thing. You have to understand, first of all, if you believe in the Constitution, understand the Constitution and the amendments. Understand the definition of inalienable rights. We can have direct democracy without having mob control. We can have direct democracy without the tyranny of the majority. We can have direct uh, 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 democracy without the tyranny of the minority, which is what we have now. What we have now is the tyranny of the minority by having having small states, small rural states have more power than the vast majority of people in this country. That's not democracy. That isn't even good representative democracy. Here is the deal. If, if you remember in class, and let's give a class on the Constitution right now. Let this naturalized citizen school you, my dear brother, Mike Cisak, okay? The truth of the matter is there was a reason why within, why within the Federalist Papers that ultimately we got a result of something called what again? The Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. What did the Bill of Rights do for us? It told us that there were inalienable rights that the majority could not abridge. It's simple. It, it protects the minority from bad things a majority could possibly do to them. But at the same time, it ensures that we can create all kinds of mini factions among us so that real democracy reigns. Every single politician should be elected democratically. And Bruce asks, what would we change in the Constitution to make that a reality? The first thing is we would institute within the Constitution the ability to fit fit everything by popular vote except what we deem controllable by inalienable rights. In other words, whatever is within your inalienable right does not come up to a vote. You don't vote for your citizenship. You don't vote for your, your, your free speech. You don't vote for certain things. In other words, it cannot be taken away from you. But everything else fall under the domain of the majority. 
That is true democracy with the protection of every individual human being. That is what most fear. And for all of you right-wingers who think anti-democracy serves you well, it does not. It's simply, you are simply the pawn of a plutocracy who puts their shoe not only on the neck of the, the left, but on your neck as well. That is why you don't have good health care. That is why you don't have good child care. That is why you don't have eyes with uh, eye service within Medicare, but a Medicare Advantage gets to do it by charging us more. All the bad things that you are support that you see right now is caused by the tyranny of the minority, and you are being used by the plutocracy to effect said tyranny. I wish more of you could understand that. Egberto Willis, a man came into the wood one day with an axe in his hands and begged all the trees to give him a small branch with he wanted for a particular purpose. The trees were good-natured and gave him one of their branches. What did the man do uh, but fix it into an axe head and, and soon set to work cutting down tree after tree? Then the trees saw how foolish they have been in giving their enemy the means of destroying themselves. I could not have said that any better. Daniel says, Egberto finally admits the Second Amendment is protected from the majority. I did not admit that at all. I said, those are inalienable rights and the Second Amendment is protected from the majority, but not the Second Amendment the way they, people have lied. Even, uh, not Alito, but even, yeah, even Alito said the Second Amendment isn't what you think it can be. We have the right to regulate arms. What we don't have the right to do is tell you, you must go gun free. It's that simple. So it's all there. I am very consistent in the statements that I make. It's four o'clock. And I forgot to do my ask, so I'll do a very short one. Please, folks, please support the program. You can support the program by going by by clicking on uh, join on on YouTube and become a part of our PDR Posse on YouTube. Alternatively, you can support us by going to politicsdoneright.com. I got to bring this up. Politics done right. Come on, Egberto, be fast. Politicsdoneright.com/slash/paypal. Again, I repeat, politicsdoneright.com/slash PayPal, here we go. I'm putting it in the screen right now. Politicsandright.com, that's PayPal. Please provide whatever support you can to ensure we can continue edu- our education process, teaching all of us together what we need to do. Alternatively as well, you can become a Patreon. Politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. As well as uh, you can shop at our store, politicsandright.com slash store. Alternatively, please as well, consider getting our books. Our books, I trust, we talk about all of this in our books, politicsandright.com slash books. And of course, you can find all the support links, all the different forms that you can support this program by going to politicsandright.com slash support. Let me just give a quick, give me 30 seconds here. And it goes like this. Look, um, I, I decided to do this because more of us have to fight what the plutocracy is doing because it's destroying our country. It is destroying our country. More of us who have the wherewithal, the ability to present the the story, the ability to speak, the ability to talk, the ability to reach an audience, we have got to do it. I gave up a lot to do this. So I ask you so kindly to support these types of programming, both mine and others, 
That is how we make a difference. All of us are responsible to keep this democracy a democracy. So please support the program however you can. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Oh. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.